Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. You challenge someone who is constantly moving, has an enormous self-image of being dedicated, loyal, and hardworking, and you counterintuitively challenged him to consider that maybe he was lazy. Kurt, that was like throwing a pebble on a sheet of ice and shattering it. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Your shadow is running your life. Maybe not all the time, but your shadow is calling the shots more than you realize. And that's why it's so important to recognize those seemingly unimportant moments that we discussed in the last episode. When your shadow feels comfortable coming out into the open and you have the opportunity to make a choice and with confidence, take charge of your own life. People think of their shadow as some part of them that drags them down, the cliche of holding oneself back. But today I want to discuss why this is the understatement of the century and a few small ways you can relieve that burden. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Maybe this is one of the reasons why I don't want to have kids, because I already feel like I have so many in myself to manage. What, more? More mouths to feed and voices to hear? Yeah, and if you if you don't have time during your day, that's just quiet. And one of the easiest things to do, it, the the easiest habits to get into at the end of the day, is just to feel into whatever emotion is going on in you, whatever the sort of channel is. Is it victimhood or depression or anxiety or stress? Whatever that feeling is, and just ask it. What was the best part of the day from? its perspective and what was the worst part of the day? That's one of my favorite questions to ask because it's, it's very specific in one way and very general in another. It invites a lot of conversation and it helps you focus. And you can learn a lot about the parts of you that way. What was the best part of the day? It may surprise you. They may say, right now, because you're actually listening to me. You're being still. Oh, okay. So you want that. You, you know, what's, what's helped me is I took a suggestion from from a friend. Kind of hard on myself. I look you, at you, Kurt. <laughs> no, I look at the negatives a lot more than the positives. And so, what I've started to do is write down three wins every day. Just looking at those, and she told me share them, share them with somebody, share them with me, share them, and and then that's a whole another thing. Yes, see, because the sh- the sharing is the hardest part. Why? And which, which I don't know, but I do know. <laughs> well, look at it. But the, it's fine. The you wins, don't have to know. No, but the winds. I will say before I get into that, the winds have changed me a little bit. 
I've started to to reconsider uh, certain attitudes I have towards myself. Great. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really have been helpful for me, and it's not that hard to write down the wins. I'm doing a lot of stuff, really good things that I may not necessarily uh, notice or pay attention to, or or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's been good. I have to look at that a little more. I don't know why I have such a problem with sharing it. What's your biggest win of the day so far? Today? Yeah. I have two dev meetings today that were pretty productive. Very productive. Um, I reached someone that I had given up on. Wow. That's huge. It's almost too late for me. Like, really? It's it's happening now? (laughs) (laughs) It happens when it happens. (laughs) But I was... I mean, I was already, I had already given up. It was over. Wow. Um, Sometimes that's when it changes. It just makes sense for me to to rewrite this guy's job description and give him one more chance because of what he told me. Uh huh. Because we got to a root cause of of some of his. You know who exactly who I'm talking about. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) I wondered. We, I feel like this, we're on the right path for once. It's taken two years of this. And that's why I was done. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's his lack of communication. I think the root cause is laziness. Mm-hmm. When he felt, because you were talking about a contraction. When I mentioned this about a week ago, he contracted. Like there's no way it's laziness. It's, you, do you see when I'm here? Do you see when I leave? Do you see all the work I do for this place? There's no possible way it's laziness. But see, I, rec- I recognize the yeah buts because I was that person. And it, <laughs> <laughs> and it also had to do with laziness. And so I just let him say his piece, but I knew I had hit something. And he said, well, I thought about it. And I started to take action at home. And my wife started to thank me for things. Uh-huh. Thank you for doing this. And thanks thanks for this. And then it, it changed my relationship over the weekend. We got along better. And all of these things happened. You're like, oh my gosh, I'm about ready to commit suicide over this. But because <laughs> <laughs> trying to get to the guy, I just couldn't do it anymore. You know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, with that personality type in particular, you know, I didn't know you were talking about him at first, but uh, it makes sense because sometimes people will use your interest and engagement with trying to get them to change to not change. Holy shit. Yeah, exactly. And so it's actually when you give up and go, that's it, I've got no more coaching for you you're on your own, you've got 30 days or whatever. That's often, not often, that's sometimes when people will change because you've been, you've been in a tug of war and you're just letting go of the rope yes. because they're actually getting something from the struggle with you and they're, they're draining, they're, they're using your energy to stay stuck. That's why I'm still married now. I got, had took a year off and massive change after I said, I'm out of here. Wow, there you go. This is, you know, and I don't think I really even got this before uh, until this moment. This is why step five exists in the accountability path. 
podcast. I was just saying the line. Yes. And when I rewrite it, which like I'm itching to do this very moment, I need to add in there that the the internal part of the manager or whatever the role is, is a letting go. So it it doesn't have to be an authoritarian or authoritative line like that's it. I know it's it's really a letting go. It's it can come from a very open hearted place that says, you know, I've been trying to help, and I this is the change that's been needed, and I haven't seen see it happening, and I've worked with you and coached you and tried different things and looked at my side, and um, I'm sorry to say I'm just done, mm-hmm. and this is what's going to happen next. And maybe by me letting go, you can even say it. Maybe by me letting go, go. This gives you some freedom that you didn't have before. But I don't think I can help anymore. So now you're on your own, and that doesn't have to be a withdrawal of love, like in the case of a marriage. It's just a withdrawal of engagement that hasn't been working anyway, or a withdrawal of activity, or withdrawal of whatever you've been doing. Exhausted engagement at times. Yeah. It's the ultimate zero, right? You've done everything that you can and now you're going to try nothing. Well, doing nothing, ask any good meditator, is a something. (laughs) Sometimes your reaching can push it further away. And if there's some kind of codependent dynamic, for sure in a marriage, oh man, you know, if you're trying to get your partner to change, it's not a question of whether or not you're trying to get them to change is stopping them from changing. It's just a matter of how much, right? They're going to have some part of them is going to be projecting mother or father on you and is going to see you as a nagging parent. And it may only be half of 1% and it's no big deal. It's not obstructive. Or it could be 99%. You, you, some, and sometimes you won't know until... Nothing changes, and then you got to start going. Wow, maybe if my desire for change is actually the problem here, and that's a really tricky thing because when you're in a business, it's like, oh man, you know, your authority projections are really not my problem. Here's the result we need, and you know, either it happens or it doesn't. So you know, I wouldn't fault anyone for just saying, look, if my need for them to change is causing problems here, then I need someone else. Sure, I wouldn't fault you for that. But if they happen to still be around after two years and suddenly start to see the light, well, you might as well give them another chance. <laughs> and, and if it's all, a marriage... And, and all it was, was, was a, all I did was plant a seed and he took action over the weekend. I said nothing major. I mean, as far as I was concerned, but... What was the seed? It was, have you considered that this could be laziness? That's it. And you'd never said anything about laziness before? No. Well, that's, that was no small thing. So in other words, you challenge someone who is constantly moving, super well-intentioned, yes, has an enormous self-image of being dedicated, loyal, and hardworking. Yes. And you counterintuitively challenged him to consider that maybe he was lazy. Kurt, that was like throwing a pebble on a sheet of ice and shattering it because, <laughs> because it was like resonating it at the right frequency of the ice because you challenge his self-image at a, in a way that was so paradoxical. It, it challenged everything he thought about himself, but was true, therefore went in. Awesome. Mm. 
And you're like, I did nothing. Are you kidding me? Giving someone a, a, in, in, a, a whispering someone something that is true for them that goes against their self image in a really dramatic, antithetical way. Well, that's like putting, as Morpheus said in The Matrix, a splinter in their mind. I mean, that's, that's like the kind of devious stuff Zen masters do. Congratulations. I'm impressed. Thanks. Well, that's a win then. How did you get there to that laziness thing? How did it, how did it occur to you? I saw little things that hinted at laziness that I haven't, hadn't really seen before. Just little tasks. But they were so little in certain text messages, just little tiny things. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I don't want to do this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Really subtle. And it just, it just came out. Well, this maybe bears a little bit more discussion because uh, I was rewriting my bio, which is uh, probably something I should look at. I really have learned how much I hate marketing myself. That's the same kind of contraction thing. That's why all this website's been so hard. Oh. Ah, scream. Some part of me wants to scream. Okay, we'll talk about that later. Got a webcast to do. Okay, so I was rewriting my bio, and which is really useful actually to do when I do market myself because it makes me describe what I actually do, which a lot of times I don't really know what I'm doing. And it so forces me to describe what I'm actually doing. One of the things I realized that I do is I, you know, we have this expression like, we of holding yourself back or people hold themselves back or you know they get in their own way and it's such a cliche that it doesn't really get the kind of attention that it deserves because the way it looks to me is that's the only problem and in another way another way of phrasing it is there's no such thing as a business problem there are only people problems now sometimes there are business problems like you know, if you manufacture tobacco and then, you know, it's 19, whatever it is, 60 something, and they discovered that your product kills people, that's a business problem, right? Like, oh, that thing we've been making all this money on, it turns out it's poison, right? But business problems are relatively easy to solve, you know, like open up something else or transition into something, which they didn't do. But there's no such thing as a business problem. There are only people problems because of how the people then relate to the problems. They add all sorts of stuff to it. They don't do things that make sense, like buy three pairs of shoes instead of two. Right In that moment, I was in my own way. More technically speaking, a part of me was in my way. Right, I was divided, but that's what was going on. So... If you start to look at people, all of them, through the lens of just assume there's some part of them or parts of them that are diametrically opposed to who they think they are, who they're destined to be, and what they're all about. Right? It's not like making things a little bit more difficult. It's perpendicular. So when people think about the shadow or their inner id or their, the ego, whatever they, whatever model they frame it as, um, the sinner in them, whatever it is, they think of it as some part of them that kind of drags them down a little bit. And to me, this is a radical understatement. You never heard the expression, uh, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was proving to, uh, convincing people he didn't exist. 
get back. That's what got used in uh, what's that movie? Kevin Spacey movie. Uh, Usual Suspects. Kaiser Soze is this demonic kind of character that has all this mythos around him. It's unclear whether he exists or not. You guys seen Usual Suspects? I'm seeing no recognition here. It's a great movie if you haven't seen it. So anyway, the shadow's primary power is being hidden from sight. I mean, think about how long you lived your life without any awareness that you had any kind of shadow running your life. And then now what's happening? The more you pay attention, the more you see how it's running your life, right? Where do you think that ends? How much of your life do you think it's running? I would say on average, you know, across the population, it's 70-30 shadow to light. That's how much it is. It's nearly a vast majority. Not in all moments for all people, but just in general. If the world wasn't run by shadows, don't you think it would look very differently? You know, the government's probably more like 90-10. Just because people who are drawn to power are attracted to government and shadows are into power. There are certain venues where it's really extreme that way. So I don't mean to scare you, and I mean to scare you. Your shadow is running your life to the degree you don't realize it's running your life. And that's why it's so important to seize those shoe moments because anytime you get visibility into how your shadow is operating, you got to get down on your knees and with gratitude for the gift of sight you just got. Because the other 70% of the time, it's just happening without you seeing it. So you got to jump on it. Oh, man. Some of the shadow leaked through into my conscious waking life. Cool. I got to seize this opportunity. Let's say that's one in 10, right? And then for the next hour, there's 10 moments where your shadow steers you into illusion, suffering, and you don't notice. Well, you had that one chance. What'd you do with it? When I work with people, really all I do is look for the ways in which they're diametrically opposing themselves. Like for, with Kurt, for example, we talked about this before, how hard you are on yourself. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much it. Your self-judgment, which you've been chipping away at for years, is the primary way in which you're diametrically opposing yourself. I'd say you're about 20 or 30% of the way into it. And the seeker, which we were talking about via Slack the other day, the, the, the seeker is the, the, the person who's hungry for change, for uh, enlightenment, for development, for self-realization, whatever it is. Is it, it's a necessary component for anyone that gets you started on a development path. And paradoxically, it has to go at a certain point. Because for people like you and I, Kurt, that seeker, the part of the fuel source for it is I'm not good enough. It's riding that. So it's this, it's, it's like a tapestry of desiring your highest good coming from a place of I'm not good enough and it's all woven together. So there's nothing wrong with it because that needed to be there. Because if you thought you were great from the beginning, you'd never change, right? And there are many people walking around like that. Some of them happen to be president. <laughs> you know, They're never going to change because they already think they're great. So you need that both. And, and then at a certain point, you have to 
let go because it can't take you any further. It's like a booster rocket. Yeah. And also, I so relate to the there is no peace in seeker mode. Yeah. There's not. I tried it. The seeker mode, to put it in, in, in the five stages model, that's what gets you through thrival. You know, you have to be hungry. You have to be self-interested. You have to want more for yourself. You've got to must you. It doesn't really matter where it comes from in thrival. You just got to want, 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 ambition, push, go. And that will get you all the way through thrival. And then when you realize you're still not at peace because you've pushed and you've worked and you've achieved and you've succeeded and you go, ah, but I'm still not at peace. That is the doorway to flow. And then, then you have to start dealing with all of the stuff of like, well, who am I if I'm not constantly pushing myself to be better and better and better? And w- what's the fuel source going to be if it's not some version of I'm not good enough yet and I need to be better? Well, wh- wh- how, how am I going to get anything done? Right? Because in all of the thrival phase, you've based your whole modus operandi on personal will. But flow is not based in personal will. It's based in love. How does one know where one is? You can ask Joseph. Joseph, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, you're not in crisis, which is stage one. You're not in survival because your life is too stable to be in that. You could be in security. I'd say, but you're, you're ambitious. So you're not in security. You've got dreams. You're kind of taking over a company in slow motion. So I would say you're uh, you're in. I would say you're in the bottom third or so of thrival, learning to assert your personal will in a sticky family dynamic, where your father's personal will is taking up space where your personal will could be. And that's been the lesson that you've been learning. So that's where I would put you. So I retract my I don't know. I, I didn't know in that moment. I just had to be with it for a second. Does that make sense? Makes sense. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.